0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. Please join me in a moment of prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for the person listening to this prayer. I ask that you would help open their mind and their heart and that you would speak directly to them through today's message. In the name of your son, my brother, Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. Well, good morning, City Place. It is so good to spend time with you all today. I just wanna say again, thank you to every single person for your faithfulness every single week. I also wanna say a special thank you to those who faithfully give uh, every single opportunity that the Lord presents you with. Yesterday, we were able to serve in our community downtown uh, in our Paramore District and we, we fed the homeless as well as serving at New Image Youth Center. And so it's because of your generosity where we can walk into a place and we can just say we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so thank you for faithfully worshiping the Lord with your giving every single week. We are making a great impact in our city. So well done. And to those of you who are hanging out with us for the very first time, welcome to City Place Church. You can download today's message note to Church dot com backslash notes. And I want to give a special shout out again to uh, those that serve uh, in our online community. We have faithful Dream Team members that welcome you online, uh, giving you a shout out. And so it means a lot to us when you say hello or when you drop your name in the comment section. I know sometimes you just kind of sit back and you just kind of wait it out and see and you're watching. Uh, And we can see you watching, by the way but we would love to be able to connect with you. So uh, again, shout out to those of you that serve so well. Well, last Sunday, uh, Taisha preached uh, the relationship edition of It's Complicated. We're still in that series. And <coughs> so many of you gave feedback as to, wow, that stirred uh, so much in you. And I told her, I said, it's gonna be hard for me to jump to the next thing. And so we're gonna park right here in the relationship side of things for just uh, for, until the Lord says move, But uh, specifically for this week, because there was so much in last week's message that I just wanted to kind of walk back through some of the points again. And uh, this week we're going to focus on, as it relates to relationship, just some family things. We're not going to dive all the way in, but we're going to look at a family story here shortly. But um, last week there was so many nuggets. And I hope that you've been uh, enjoying the It's Complicated series. In fact, there's been some things that's been said in our in-person services. We've zagged a little bit in our in-person service. And so I'm going to make sure that over the next few weeks that you have an opportunity to to experience some of the things that God's been saying and doing. Um, For those of you who aren't able to be in person, uh, we want to bring that to you and and allow you to see that. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter five, Taisha read it last week, (coughs) Um, and so I just want to just give uh, just just a quick just a quick overview real fast, and uh, let's just keep going. Matthew chapter five, verse six: Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is Jesus talking. Remember, Taisha said Jesus is talking to his disciples. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God blessed are the peacemakers. Somebody say peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence. Jesus show up today, change us, ignite something in us. And as we lean into your word, I pray that we are hungry and desperate for you because you said we will be filled. Move like never before, change lives and alleviate the complicated things. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, uh, when we were talking in our relationship uh, edition last Sunday, Ty mentioned the fact that God has called us to be peacemakers. And I looked up the word peacemaker here and what it meant in Matthew chapter 5. It means this. It means a lover of peace, one who fashions, declares, prepares, make ready, authors, causes, or constructs peace. So when Jesus says blessed are the peacemakers, he's saying blessed is the one that constructs it, forms it, declares it, prepares it, loves it and makes it ready. I looked up the word peace. In scripture, and this is what it means. It means a state of national tranquility, exemption from the rage and the havoc of war and peace between individuals, harmony. Concord, security, safety, prosperity. Because peace and harmony make and keep things safe and prosperous. It's the Messiah's peace. It's the way that leads to peace or the salvation found in Christ. Fearing nothing from God, content with everything while you're here on earth. As it relates to what he has for you. Peacemakers, the ones that say the tranquility of God, the peace of God, the prosperity of God, the safety of God, the security of God, blessed are those that try to establish his order of calm. Blessed are the ones that try to make a complicated thing simple and peaceful. Blessed are the ones that try to step into an environment that could be chaotic and says that. There's peace that's going to reside here. Blessed are the ones that when they walk into their family, no matter how crazy it has been, they know that God's designed that place for peace. So today I just want to lean in a little bit to the relationship aspect as it relates to our families. Because God has called your family, God has called my family, to accomplish something that surpasses you and I, that builds spiritual legacy, In the days, years, decades to come, but the enemy would try to complicate the line of our family, the lineage of our family, so that we don't become as a family, as a legacy, all that God's called us to be. There are things that move through bloodlines and uh, generational curses that the enemy would try to, to, to try to continue to move forward. There are blessings in lines and generations that the enemy would try to stop. And God just says, hey, the peacemakers are the ones that create an atmosphere where all that I have that rest in one place can reside there. Last week we said this and I want you to write this down again to have peace and to be a person of peace. It's a spiritual principle. I like to add that all peace begins in the spirit and not in the flesh. If peace and being a person of peace is a spiritual principle, then all peace resides and begins in the spirit first and not in our flesh john chapter 14 verse 27 says this this is jesus talking he says peace i leave with you it's my peace i give to you not as the world gives do i give to you i'm giving it to you the way it's been given to me he says let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid he says the peace that i give you has been given to me it can't even be comparable to what the world would give you it's not going to cause you trouble or bring you fear it's the peace that I give you. Remember, it has to start in the spiritual, not in my flesh. And so peace is going to reside in your relationship with Jesus. You won't be able to disconnect from Jesus and then know peace. Like in order to know peace, Jesus is peace, his peace. He is the prince of peace. You're going to have to spend time. I'm going to have to spend time with him. Otherwise, life can be complicated. So peace begins in the presence of the Lord. Last week, Taisha mentioned that there were three types of people as it relates to peace. Go with me to Genesis chapter 33. And this is where we're going to piggyback off of last week. Genesis chapter 33, verse one says this. Now, Jacob lifted his eyes and looked and there Esau was coming and with him were 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah Rachel and two maidservants and he put the maidservants and their children in front Leah and her children behind and Rachel and Joseph last then he crossed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother but Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck kissed him and wept and he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and children and said, who are these with you? So he said, the children whom God has graciously given your servant, the maidservants came near, the children bowed down. And Leah also came with her children and bowed down and Joseph and Rachel came near and they bowed down. Then Esau said, what do you mean by all this company which I met? And he said, These are to find favor in your sight. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. (laughs) The story that I'm reading to you is actually taking place at the end of a movie. It would be like I um, am showing you a movie at the end rather than starting at the beginning. But if it's okay with you, the reason why I started there was because I wanted to fill in the rest of the story. If you go all the way back to the earlier pieces of the story, Jacob is born and Esau are born to Isaac. They couldn't have children. They were struggling to have children and God touches their womb. And the Bible says that while they are in Rachel's womb, Esau is about to come out, they are twins, they are about to come out. And as Esau is coming out, Jacob grabs the heel and he's holding on like, ah, this is not right. Trying to grab the heel and they're fighting even as they're coming out. There was already this family tension, this family dynamic because the firstborn would be the one to get the blessing. And so they're wrestling inside the womb Get off. I'm grabbing your ankle. You're grabbing my ankle. Just because there's a birthright to the firstborn. They grow up, and the Bible says that one is loved by their mom. Isaac, he likes hanging out in the house, and so he loves spending time with his mom, and then his dad. Uh, 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 Esau, um, I'm sorry, uh, Isaac is, is, is hanging out uh, outdoors. And so Esau hangs out there. So Jacob hangs out with his mom and then Esau hangs out with his dad. And the Bible says that Esau was this manly man. He's out there hunting and everything. And his father loves it. And as they're getting older and older and older, Isaac gets older and the Bible says that it comes time where he says, Esau, I am going to bless you. I'm gonna lay my hand on you. And when I lay my hand on you, everything that was spoken to Grandpa Abraham is gonna fall on you. Every promise and everything that God showed Grandpa Abraham will flow through you. Everything that is due to flow in in, in line with legacy, God's gonna do for you. And the Bible says that Isaac is, is getting older and he's ready to bless him, but Jacob is about to miss out. And so his mom says, listen, 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 this is what you need to do, stay ready. Because when your father is, is, is ready to bless the firstborn, what's gonna happen is I want you to bring him some soup because he's gonna want some soup. And when he's ready, I want you to put on some, some clothes that, that, that make you feel real hairy. I've got some hairy stuff that make you feel just like your brother. So the day comes isaac said i'm ready to bless esau and mama says it's time jacob it's time jacob shows up with a bowl of soup and begins to deceive his father he steps in line of his brother while his brother's out preparing all of the stuff for the soup he steps in line and he receives the blessing he gets blessed and it's as he's leaving the room Esau runs in and is like, Dad, I'm ready for the blessing. Here's your soup. And Isaac says, Son, your brother has taken your blessing and there's nothing I can do to give it back to you. Last week, Pastor Ty talked about the fact that when Jesus says blessed are the peacemakers, that we also have to identify the people that make up a moment of peace. And the first person that I want to mention today is the peacetaker. We have to be careful in our family dynamics of peacetakers. The enemy tries to come in and he tries to disrupt the rhythm and the legacy that's being built in your homes by taking away your peace. Remember, the tranquility of God, the prosperity of God, the security of God, the peace that only the Messiah can give that comes to his salvation. He tries to rip it apart. Jacob comes in and he takes the piece of the house. He takes the blessing that was flowing and he rips it apart by stepping in because it's something that he wants. Here's how a peacetaker is defined. Pastor Ty did an amazing job last week. She said this, she said, the peacetaker is the person who gets their desired outcome at the expense of the relationship. It's the person who says, this is what I want and I'm going to take it because this is what I want. Can I say this to all of us as whether you are single, whether you are a part of a family, whether you are a parent, be careful because the enemy will try to take our peace. He'll try to put seeds of selfish ambition or seeds of selfish behavior, or seeds of selfish decisions or seeds of selfish attitudes and behaviors because he's trying to rip the peace from a place where God wants to pour out blessings. Jacob steps in because Jacob wants something and he wants it right then. He doesn't want God to deliver it in that season. And so he complicates things by trying to take peace in a place where God wanted to see blessing flow. Now, we're talking about a natural person here, but we have to be so aware of the enemy trying to step in and just steal peace that resides in our families, that resides in our homes. And it happens with parents. Rebecca was like, "Ooh," I'm sorry. Rachel was like, go ahead. Let's trick your father. The son is like, oh, OK, let's trick him. The other son, Esau, is disappointed. He's heartbroken. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 27 that Esau wept bitterly. And by the time he realized that his brother had taken the blessing flow from his life, by the time he had realized that something was taking, that the peace was taken. This is what he says. I will kill him. He had determined that every moment from that day forth, he was going to make sure that the peace that his brother would have experienced, even though he's now got the blessing, he would never live a day without looking over his shoulder. See, the enemy comes in and he begins to take peace. And the next thing you know, because peace is taken from us, sometimes we turn around and begin to take peace. God never designed that. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, the one that create peace, form peace, declare peace, and say the Messiah's peace would bring salvation and security and prosperity and pushes into the presence of God and brings a calmness. They're going to be blessed, but the enemy would want our families to be peacetakers or want us to experience the enemy's taking of our peace. I love this quote from last week, quarreling and strife are a mark of immaturity. Jacob made life complicated because he couldn't pause to see that God was going to move in the family. All he could see was that something that he thought was his, something that he thought he deserved, he wanted right then. Remember, if you could, in week number one, maybe you're here for the very first time. We talked about Adam and Eve and we talked about how God placed them in purpose. He had a purpose designed exactly for him, exactly for Adam, exactly for Eve, but they were so focused on a tree that they couldn't eat from that when the enemy started whispering the lies, when the enemy started saying, God, what God said isn't gonna be for you, is not for you, he knows that if you eat it, you'll know more than him. When they started focusing on what they wanted, it brought a, a place that was in a place of peace, it brought complication, It brought a place in sin and peace was removed. The same happened with Jacob when Jacob said, I want that. Instead of the blessing flow in the order that God wanted it for their home. It then became you versus me and I'm going to be out to get you. Quarreling and strife are a mark of immaturity. Let's be, let's be sensitive to an atmosphere in our home, if it's always full of anger and strife and belittling and sarcasm and, and you do your thing and I'll do my thing because the enemy's trying to steal your peace. Well, Damon, you don't understand. The person that lives in my home, they have an attitude. Jesus said, blessed are the ones that construct a place of peace My peace I give you, not as the world gives you. Jesus has literally said, if you spend time with me, I'll give you my peace, which then you'll be able to begin to place and to construct right where you are. Peace begins as a spiritual principle. And it's continued to develop in the atmosphere where you and I reside because Jesus is there. We can't have peace in our flesh. We have peace because Jesus says, it's, it's my peace. You can't find it anywhere else, nowhere around you. I know you want to take a rest. I know you want to sit by the pool. I know you want to hear the, the sounds, but it's not peace until I step in and I give it. See, when we are disconnected with people, We are most likely disconnected with God. There was a disconnect between Jacob and Jacob trusting God. Jacob started listening to his mama and Jacob ended up stealing the piece of the home. Mama should have just been resting on the fact that she had those two sons because God stepped in and gave her a promise of those babies when she couldn't have a child. Like, God had done something for mama Rachel and she forgot. Jacob was antsy and he couldn't wait on God to bestow on him what God had for him. See, there are times in our life when there's a disconnection of people because there's a disconnection from God. Jacob Jacob needed to get everything he needed, the blessing from his heavenly father, even when it felt like he may not have been getting it from his natural, but instead he stepped out in front. See, you and I may be disconnected from people right now, and it may just, we might just be existing in a house, working all the time, and a lot of times that disconnect is the same disconnect that we have with God the Father. Here's a question for us right here, right now. Scale of 1 to 10, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being fire, 1 being cold. How tight is your connection to God the Father? Come on. Meaning, I am going after God, seeking Him, like the Bible says, with my whole heart, trying to search for Him with my whole heart, knowing that if I give Him my whole heart, I'll find Him. Or, is it laissez-faire? Like, yeah, you know, I get to Him when I get to Him. You know, I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven, that's cool and everything, but, you know, He knows I love Him, He knows my... See, If we go after him, if we spend time with him, and the closer we are to him, the more our heart will be in building and creating and forming a place of peace. Let's keep going. I realize in reading this story, look at this, that the enemy will consistently try to disconnect a family because he knows that a disconnected family will be disconnected from God. If he can get one, connection starts to happen in all. If he can get one disconnected with God, he'll eventually get another disconnected with God and the family won't be connected together in unity the way God sees it. One's too busy, one doesn't want anything with God, One doesn't want to spend time with him. One walks away with God and he goes, mission accomplished, go to the next one. But a family that says, we will be peacemakers. We will be the ones that will declare. We will be the ones that construct. We will be the lovers of peace. We will be the one that will usher into our family, the security, prosperity, the salvation of God. They're the ones that become a person peace. See, God called us to put off our old self because you and I are created in his image. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 22. Again, this is just kind of a recap and just a re-emphasizing of what Ty taught last week. Ephesians chapter four, verse 22 says this. It says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. That's described Jacob and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on your new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Watch this, everybody, watch this. Jacob spends the first part of his life as a deceiver. Watch this now. His mom, Rebecca. Y'all, I was calling her Rachel. Hello, that was his. His, his mom, Rebecca, calls him in. He follows. He pulls because of the things that he wants. But watch this, y'all. He flees Isaac and Rebecca's house. He goes to an uncle named Rab- Laban. He works seven years, marries his first wife. He works another, well, marries his second wife. But through that time, God begins to speak to him privately. Every single season of his immature life, when he was quarreling in strife, God begins to mature because he's beginning to spend time with God. I mean, y'all, y'all have to read it. God is starting to speak to him. He's starting to have encounters with God. He is starting to mature And what happens over that time is he moves from taking peace because he's starting to feel what it feels like because Uncle Laban is starting to take his peace. He says, you work for some years, you can have the daughter you want, and then only to find out, oops, I tricked you, you have to work longer. So he's starting to see what taking peace feels like. And he decides as he's spending time with God, time in God's presence, that no longer does he want to take peace but he wants to keep peace. In Genesis chapter 32, he becomes a peace keeper. A peace keeper is one that stops strife and seeks coexistence. He says, watch now, look at this 32 Genesis 32. And so Jacob went his way and the angels of God met him. And when he saw them, he said, this is God's camp. And he called the name of that place, Mananam. Then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, and commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my Lord. Thus says your servants, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen. I want to see if I've found favor in your sight. After years, And years and decades had gone by. His children are getting older. He says to himself, I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be someone that exists with my brother. I want to see the tension of our home brought back to a place of peace. I want to reconnect what was disconnected. I want what God has declared to flow again. And he says, I'm gonna be the one to get the ball rolling. So that peace is kept the way my dad wanted it and the way grandpa wanted it. See, a peacekeeper stops strife seeks to coexist psalms 119 verse 165 says great peace of those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble jacob sends out the messengers the messengers come back and say esau is willing to meet in fear and in concern and in worry jacob gets this strategy he goes all right sit the slaves in the front uh, with, with those kids, uh, my two wives, uh, one here, one here, let them be in the back and then they'll go forward. But then I'm gonna go out and meet uh, my brother and then I'll call him over, put one on this side. You gotta read 32, all the way up to 33. Uh, go go put, put a family on this side, one on this side, and then bring all of the goods. We're gonna bring all these goods, uh, bring cattle and, and all sorts of things that we'll give him. And then I'm just gonna throw myself because I, Am so broken and I want to be a peace keeper when we get to uh, Genesis chapter 33 he moves from being a peace keeper to finding out that his brother wants to be a peacemaker a peacemaker is one that seeks active reconciliation someone who brings peace where it is not present Jacob has already started the process of wanting to bring peace. He's a little bit nervous, and so he's coming as a peacekeeper, wanting to be a peacemaker, but little does he know that his brother's heart has already been worked on as well. When I first read Genesis 27, I told you that Esau said, He will not live a day in peace, I will kill him. Isaac should have given me the blessing. My mom, Rebecca, knew that it was mine and she gave it to him, I will kill him. Decades go by and Esau, is on the backside of a field, same family, and he says, "I'm not going to take peace anymore. I'm going to keep peace. Go ahead and tell, go ahead and tell my brother I'll meet him. Yeah, I'll meet him." His brother Jacob is nervous, and hes he, hes, he's I don't know what's going to take place. So, so I'm going to bring all these gifts to try to buy him, and, and then he'll know that I'm—I'm I'm, I'm legitimate. But I'm going at least try to bring as much peace as I can, I'm going to try to make peace with him. Esau, the Bible says runs as if nothing ever happened, hugs him and the Bible says this time he's crying passionately because they're at a place of peace. They're at a place of security, tranquility and redemption and deliverance that God had originally designed. They both turned out to be peacemakers. And just when Jacob was nervous about whether he would be embarrassed about trying to make peace with someone that he didn't know if they would even accept his apology, God had been working on Esau's heart to have peace. Can I just say this city place? That if we choose and as we decide that we want to be people who make peace. I love what Taisha said last week. This doesn't mean that we aren't acknowledging that someone did something wrong. It just means that in our heart, I'm not going to let that be the driving force for my future. I'm not going to live in anger. I'm not going to live in frustration. But in my personal home, we ain't going through all of this. We will be in a place of peace. I love how she said that if you're going to approach someone, you want to approach someone if you're going to have a hard conversation, because sometimes you have to talk things out and you have to deal with things that you may not want to deal with. But if I'm going to approach, I'm approaching not just to tell you what you did wrong. I'm approaching because I want to win you back. I want to bring us back to a place that is unified in Christ. If I take that step, I'm taking that step to share my heart, but I'm doing it because I want us to be unified again. And here's the thing city place. We do our part. The person does their part. If they're in your family, here's the thing we can't control their response, but we can't control ours. And everyone, every, every response may not be, Oh, I love you so much. It might just be the first step of peace. I'm so happy to see you. You took my peace and I had vowed that I would take yours. And I'm sure you've been looking over your shoulder all of these years, but I just want you to know, Jacob, you're my brother and I love you. I love that Taisha said last week that peacemaking is work. So I wanted to give us real fast as we wrap up four places of peace, that if peace is going to dwell in our family, there's four places of peace. Here's the first one, his presence. If there's going to be peace in your life, if there's going to be peace in your home. And I know sometimes it sounds, y'all listen, it sounds so easier said than done. Because there's so many things that try to take our peace. Some of us live in an environment where it's so stressful, contentious, and we go, I don't even know if peace can exist here. I can tell you that there is one place where peace resides, and that's in his presence. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world there will be things around you there will be tensions but if you can be in my presence you'll be with me and there is peace the place where we go to gather peace y'all to restock when the enemy's taking our pieces we go back to the presence because remember peace and being a person of peace is a spiritual principle and it has to begin in his presence we have to stay in his presence I remember days and seasons of watching family members in high tension seasons do nothing but go after the presence of the Lord yes they went to work and they did all these different things but they would continue to pray I can remember watching my mom talk to mentors and talk to friends and they would be going through so much but for some reason they were able to endure all sort of hellish situations because they were in a place where Jesus was. They had peace when deep down, I'm like, you should do this as a young kid, or you should do that. And they were just like, oh, but I'm gonna spend time with Jesus because if I respond over here, it's gonna, I'm gonna react a certain way. But man, if I can just be in his presence, I know that there'll be a constant refilling of security. Jesus, you got me right now. You're holding me right now, Jesus. Jesus, you're providing for me when it seems like it's about to go crazy. Like there's something that happens in the place of, of his presence number two number two a place of peace is my thoughts in my heart my thoughts and my heart philippians chapter 4 7 and 9 says this and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through christ jesus Verse nine, the things which you learned and you received and you heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Either his word is true or it's not. The promise is is that the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. I wonder, city place, if it's possible for the peace of God to reign richly every single day of our life. I wonder if the God of peace will be with us. The God of peace will be with you in your thoughts and in your minds. But watch now, it all takes place in his presence. Last two. The place of peace is in my declaration. Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says and let the peace of god rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful there's a verse in scripture where jesus says if you go to a place, he's talking to the disciples in Matthew chapter 10. He says, if you go to a place and you deem it worthy of peace, declare peace there, sometimes city place in our families, in our workplace where the enemy's trying to take, or maybe, maybe there's a family member or a child or a spouse or a loved one or uh, on your job, wherever it may be, and it seems like they're just trying to pull the peace from you um, with your declaration. The God of peace is with me. The peace of God surpasses all of my understanding. It's guarding my heart and my mind. I will not allow the enemy to take my peace. I am going to be a peacekeeper. I am going to be a peacemaker because if I build this thing, God, you will show up here. Your security, your prosperity will reside here and salvation will reside here because that's how you define peace. And Jesus, you promised. Blessed are the peacemakers. And so if I'm standing in this place and I'm responding spiritually the way you've asked me to, even though I want to punch somebody out or tell them what it really is like. Jesus, I'm going to represent you, even if you have to step into that hard conversation, you're about to share your heart of pain and hurt. Remember, Taisha said we go vertical first and then we go horizontal. So, God, I'm going to I'm going to yell. I'm going to give you everything here. And then when I have to be truthful. I'm gonna speak the truth in love. But I'm doing it because we need peace. We, we, we might still disagree, but but we need to be in a place of peace. So my declaration is gonna be filled with if you promise me your peace, I reside and will walk in your peace. Last one a place of peace is our home. It's in our family. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 33 that they embrace. And Jacob is still a little nervous. And he's like, I brought all this stuff for you. I got this for you. And Esau says, my man, I am good. Like, for real, you don't have to repay me with natural stuff, man. We're not going to take any peace. We're going to keep peace in this family. We're going to keep peace and we're gonna make peace. But Jacob said, no, you don't understand. I brought this all for you because this is a sign that we're gonna do this journey starting today. And and, and, and this is what Esau says. He says, "Um, you know what? Okay, okay, I'll I'll take it, but he says this, watch now. He says, let's journey together. We, We were family at one time, but let's journey together. See, the place of peace can be the place of your home. Now, listen, I'm giving you uh, some biblical truths, but practically speaking, sometimes in the steps of peace, there's some practical things that you're going to do, but I'm trying to get us to start spiritually over here, but then there's gonna be some practical things that you'll do in your home to bring peace. If you've got, if if you're arguing over finances as a couple, then you're gonna have to sit down and create a financial vision for your family. And you're going to have to budget because that's just one practical step that'll calm the peace. If if you're just busy all the time and it's creating tension, we never see you, you're doing this. You're going to have to get together and you're going to have to create a vision for your family as to how work plays into the purpose that God has for your family. If you need to have marital counseling, which I suggest for every single couple is go and go to counseling not so that they can get straight but so that we can fulfill the purpose and the destiny that God has for our family but there will be peace in our home 2nd John 1 verse 3 says this grace mercy and peace be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ the Son of the Father in truth and love. I love Second John. It says, grace, mercy, and peace will be with you from God. Your dad, your dad desires that your home is filled with grace, mercy, and peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. They're called the kids of God. God has called our families to reside in peace. Jacob and Esau, man, they they chose that they would be peacekeepers, peacemakers. When in their heart, one started off as a peacetaker, one was said, I'm gonna come after you, and it was living life as one that was gonna take peace, but they decided, wait a second, If we're unified in our family, then God's gonna do something special in our lineage. And y'all, when you read the story of Jacob and God moving in their families, there was just a favor of God that flowed into their line. James chapter three says, peacemakers who sow in, in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Whatever he had bowed, every eye closed. You've been hanging out today and you say, Damon, our family could use the peace of God. My job can use the peace of God. My life can use the peace of God. Taisha had great analogies last week of us just writing down some things. And that started the process and I didn't want to jump off too fast because I wanted to make sure that we were able to digest the fact that God wants to give peace in our home because peace is a thing that alleviates complications. But a lack of peace can sometimes complicate things. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Damon, I I could use some peace in my home. Or maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Right here, right now, you say, Damon, I need a relationship with Jesus. I want you to just lift up your hand right where you are in the house that you're in. You say, I need the peace giver. The Bible says that Jesus Christ died and rose again, so that you can have life, and you can have it everlasting. But every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to pray for you. Will you just say this prayer to me? Say, dear Jesus, today I come to you in need of your peace. You promised to give me peace, and so I receive your peace. I receive your tranquility, your harmony, your safety, your prosperity. I receive the gift of peace that comes with salvation. I acknowledge that you died for me and you rose again, and I accept you freely as my personal Lord and Savior. In Jesus name, amen. Father, I just thank you for every person that said yes to you today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the boldness to say, we will follow you. I pray for those, Lord God, that. I said they've had some tension in their family or in their personal life or in their home, and they have just needed the peace of God. I thank you for what you started last week in challenging us to be peacemakers. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that there's a story in scripture that shows just how you work in our lives to bring us to a place of peace, even if we were a peacetaker. Or maybe we've been a peacekeeper for a while and you're calling us to be a peacemaker. I just thank you. But you're eliminating the complications of our life by allowing peace to rise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Come on, city place. Can you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus? For those of you who said yes to Jesus, well done on the decision that you made. God has called you to live in a place of peace. Well done. Man, I don't know about you, but I've been. Loving this series, I've been loving uh, just allowing the Holy Spirit to challenge us, so that the practical things in our life aren't complicated, and relationships can be complicated, but they don't have to be. It's you and I going, Jesus, we will live for you, we will we will follow your lead, so that every aspect of our life moves in the direction that you see, to fulfill your purpose. But Lord, we get the benefit. so well done hey one one step that i want to just challenge you uh is i want to challenge you to fill out that connection card online cityplacechurch.com backslash card we want to come alongside of you give you some resources for uh, the decision that you made to take your next step to follow jesus i also want to encourage you a great next step is baptism we're going to be having baptism in the next uh weeks to come and so i want to encourage you to get involved uh, get plugged in, but take that next steps uh, as it relates to baptism. Well done, well done. Right now, uh, we're going to wrap up our service with uh, worshiping the Lord through our giving. Uh, I mentioned some of the things that uh, we've been able to do this year already because of your faithfulness. and there are ways for you to give online. So go ahead, take that opportunity as you do that. Um, I just again, keep your calendars marked. In the month of June, we've got Dude Week coming up. It's gonna be amazing. Let's pray, and I know that God's gonna give you an amazing week in Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you today for your presence, for your power, for your authority. Jesus, be yourself. Do what only you can do. Bless our week. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're calling us to continue to be peacemakers in our family. We thank you that we get to worship you with our giving today. Continue to allow City Place to be the hands and feet of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, City Place. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's message. Stay connected by subscribing to the City Place Church podcast, following us on Instagram, checking us out on Facebook, or by visiting our website, www.cityplacechurch.com.